0: Yeah, obviously we don't have this whole thing reversed. You know, reversed. maybe reversed, but not rehearsed. You know, um, you know, most of the time, what happens is Bill says to me, "Okay, oh, I want you to cover you know such and such a section of scripture," and it's like, "Okay, I'll handle it." And then every now and then he sticks me with
1: something
0: that <laughs> just makes me think. I'm gonna get this guy one of these days. <laughs> and this is one of those occasions. Cause let me tell you, this this section of scripture just has it has so much there. Let's just take a look at it. Let's go to um, John chapter three.
1: Okay. There you
0: go. John chapter (laughs) 3, verse 22. After this, Jesus and his disciples went to to the Judean countryside, where he spent time with them and baptized. John was also baptizing in Anan near Selim, because there was plenty of water there. People were coming and being baptized since John had not yet been thrown into prison. Then a dispute arose between John's disciples and the Jew about purification. So they came to John and told him, Rabbi, the one you testified about and who was with you across the Jordan is baptizing and everyone is going to him. And John responded, No one can receive anything unless it's been given to him from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I've been sent ahead of him. And he who's the bride, who has the bride is the groom, but the groom's friend who stands by and listens for him rejoices greatly at the groom's voice. So this joy of mine is complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from earth is earthly and speaks in earthly terms. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, and yet no one accepts his testimony. The one who has accepted his testimony has affirmed that God is true. For the one who God sent speaks God's word since he gives the spirit without measure. The father loves the son and has given all things into his hands. The one who believes in the Son has eternal life, but the one who rejects the Son will not see life. Instead, the wrath of God remains on him. Let's pray. Lord, we we are just so very thankful for your word. Lord, we're so thankful that you left the Holy Spirit to teach us. And Lord, we, we just ask that you'd be with us now and, and Lord, open our hearts, open our minds, open our understanding, so that we might grow closer to you, so that we might know more about you, so that we might glorify your holy name in all that we say and in all that we do. Lord, guide us. We say, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, what you see here is a transition. What you see in the scripture we've just looked at, things are moving from the period of the Old Testament to the New Testament. You see, John was the last of the Old Testament prophets. And he came to preach about the kingdom of God. He saw it coming wasn't there yet. And now, Jesus is preaching about the kingdom and its arrival. And that's what we're going to be looking at. So let's take a look at verse 3, chapter 3, verse 22. After this. Now, last week, one of the things we looked at was Jesus was with Nicodemus, and he was explaining the way... Of salvation he was explaining the way into the kingdom of God because Nicodemus like a lot of people had some misconceptions about the kingdom of God because Nicodemus like most others what they were expecting when they were thinking of the kingdom of God was they were expecting for Israel to overthrow its oppressors What they were expecting was a Messiah who was going to come in and just get rid of the Romans and make Israel the head and all the other nations the tail. And what Jesus comes and he does is he explains, look, if you want to make it into the kingdom of God, you have to be born again. And he clarifies a lot of misconceptions that Nicodemus... And many others had about this. So he says after this, Jesus and his disciples went to the Judean countryside where he spent time with them and baptized. And here's the interesting thing. When you read the rest of the gospels, you don't read of Jesus baptizing anywhere else. Yeah, this is, this chapter and this part of the chapter is really the only place where you read about him doing that. And you know, the truth of the matter is, okay, he had his twelve disciples with him, and so he was probably supervising them as they were actually doing the baptizing. But, you know, the thing is, this is really the only place where where you you, you see this. And it says verse twenty-three John was also baptizing in Anan near Salim because there was plenty of water there, people were coming and being baptized. Now, when we first come across John as an adult, he is preaching the good news of the kingdom, the kingdom that's coming, the kingdom that's not here yet, but it's coming. And where is he doing it? He's doing it in the wilderness of Judea. Where's the wilderness of Judea? It is south. Jerusalem. One of the things you see when you look at this section of scripture is that it says that John was baptizing in Anan near Selim. Now, we don't know exactly where this is, but we believe it's like northeast of Jerusalem. It's on the other side of the Jordan. And, And people were going out they all the way out there from Jerusalem, from all parts of Israel, to, to, to go hear John and to be baptized by him. So you have Jesus baptizing in the south near Jerusalem by the Jordan. And you have John who's moving further to the north and to the east. And you have these two guys and they're both baptizing. And so one of the things that happens in verse 25, well, verse 24 says, uh, since John had not yet been thrown into prison, okay, because this is one of the things that's coming. But in verse 25 it says, Then a dispute arose between John's disciples and a Jew about purification. Now, you know, um, the word that's used for purification here is a uh, well, not, not for for controversy, was the tasis. It means a debate. It means a controversy. Yep. You know, so obviously, what you had was you had this, this Jew, who was really representative of a number of others, who are seeing, on the one hand, they're seeing John, who's baptized. And they're seeing Jesus, who's baptized. And they're trying to figure out, hey, what's going on here? Because you got both of these guys, and they're both baptizing, and they're both speaking about the kingdom of God. And, you know, as often happens when you have two groups, even within the same part of a larger group, there's a dispute over Who's the more accurate? There's a dispute over who's the most important. There's a dispute over, well, which one really has the priority? So, verse 26. So they came to John and told him, Rabbi, the one you testified about who was with you across the Jordan is baptizing and everyone is going over to him. So, you know, what you have are are John's disciples. And these guys have been with John for a few years. And, you know, there's from the very beginning, everybody knew that John was something special. Everybody knew that John was uh, like a prophet of God. He was a prophet of God. There was no dispute over that. And so he has these disciples and they are loyal to him. And then they got, you know, as we saw in the previous verses, you got these other people who said, hey, you know, uh, I've been baptized by Jesus and his guys. And his disciples are like, hey, you know, where with John?
1: You know,
0: you know, John was the first on the block with all this stuff about the kingdom. And uh this Jesus, you know, um, well, you know, he's important too, but so what happens is John has to make things clear. Verse 27, John responded, no one can receive anything unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I've been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the groom, but the groom's friend who stands by and listens for him rejoices greatly at the groom's voice. So this joy of mine is complete. He must increase. I must be. Now look, folks. There's a few things we can see when we look at this scripture. Number one, John knew who he was. Number two, John knew who he wasn't. Number three, John knew his. and this is a problem for a lot of people because a lot of people well they think that they're more than what they are all too often and all too often what happens is when that when they do that they lead people down the wrong road but john knew And he knew his role, you know, I remember years ago when i I used to watch professional wrestling yeah. <laughs> I can remember the rock used to say, "Know your role and shut your mouth." <laughs> well, you know we each need to know the role that God has given us if we're going to serve him the way that we should. We shouldn't think more of ourselves than we are. At the same time, we shouldn't think less. We should view ourselves correctly. That, folks, is the nature of truth. Together. So, you know, when you look at all this, you have to ask, okay, if John knows all this, then exactly who is John the Baptist now you know I'm sure there's a lot of you who know a lot about John the Baptist but I'm also sure that there are some here who don't so just humor me as we look through the scriptures to get the full picture on who John the Baptist actually is Okay. so turn with me if you will to Luke Chapter one. And, you know, there's so much to read here, but, but, uh, let's go to verse eleven. An angel of the Lord appeared to him. Zechariah, standing to the right of the altar of the incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified and overcome with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. And there will be joy and delight for you, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and will never drink wine or beer. And he will be filled with, the, filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. And he will turn the, many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the Father to their children. And the disobedient to understand the righteous, to make ready for the Lord a prepared people. Let's go on a little further in the same chapter. Let's go to verse 57. No, oh, I'm sorry. Verse 39, I'm sorry. In those days, Mary set out and hurried to a town to the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside me. Blessed is she. Who believed that the Lord will fulfill what she, what, what he had spoken to her. And so, while still in his mother's womb, he reacted to the very presence of Jesus. He rejoiced in the presence of Jesus. Let's go now, um, to Matthew, chapter 3. And let's start with verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. For he is the one spoken of through the prophet Isaiah who said, A voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. Now, John had a camel hair garment with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. And the people came from Jerusalem, all Judea, and the vicinity of the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Therefore produce fruit consistent with repentance, and don't presume to say to yourselves we have Abraham as our father. Let's uh skip ahead a few verses to verse thirteen. Then Jesus came from Jet Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John tried to stop him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me. And Jesus answered him, Allow it for now, because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John allowed him to be baptized. When Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. The heavens suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove coming down on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Okay, so... He's out in the wilderness of Judea. The wilderness of Judea is south of Jerusalem. It's just to the west of the Dead Sea. And he is preaching to people about the coming kingdom of God. Saying, hey, get ready, because it's coming. And then, as he's preaching, then comes Jesus. The one who actually brings in the kingdom of God. The one who establishes it by his death on the cross. And when John sees that Jesus wants to be baptized, what's his response? You want me to baptize you? I should be baptized by you. But the Lord wanted to fulfill all righteousness. And so he went ahead and was baptized by him. Let's turn now to Mark chapter 14, uh, chapter 1, I'm sorry. Mark 1. And let's go to verse 12. And this is soon after the baptism. Immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals and the angels were serving him. And after John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. So it's not long after Jesus is baptized in the Jordan, It's not long afterwards that John the Baptist is taken to prison. So let's take a look at that. Um, While he's in prison, the Lord has some things to say about him. Let's turn to Luke chapter 7. Well, let's look at verse 18. Then John's disciples told him about all these things. So John summoned two of his disciples and sent them to the Lord asking, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? And when the men reached him, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask you, Are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? And at that time, Jesus healed many people of diseases, afflictions, evil spirits. He granted sight to many blind people. He replied to them, go and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Those with leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the poor are told the good news. And blessed is the one who isn't offended by me after John's messengers left, he began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out in the wilderness to see? A reed swaying in the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothes? See, those who are splendidly dressed and live in luxury are in royal palaces. But what then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I see See, I'm sending a messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. I tell you among those born of women, no one is greater than John, but the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. So here's what is happening here. John was expecting Jesus to do a lot of what the others expected him to do. They expected him to bring in the kingdom, to throw out the Romans, to do all the, these other incredible things. And he's in prison. And things are not turning out quite the way he figured. And so he, he sends his disciples, and he says, Um, so are you the one who's going to be doing all this stuff that I've been hoping for? Or should we expect somebody else? And Jesus shows him, yeah, I'm the one that you think, but I'm not here to do that other stuff just yet time is not right for that but it is time for the kingdom of God and you know one of the things that he says of John is he says there is nobody greater than John but the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John what does he mean by this See, John came preaching about the coming kingdom. The kingdom wasn't here yet. See, John was the last of the Old Testament prophets. Jesus was bringing in the kingdom. John hoped about the kingdom. Jesus brought the kingdom. And you know, the thing is this, folks. As great as John was, he didn't live to enter the kingdom that you and I are now part of. And you know something? John was a prophet. But so are you and I. See, we are ambassadors for the kingdom of God. We are to give our testimony about Jesus Christ to all those who do not know him. Just as John knew his role, the question I have to ask is, do you know your role? Are you being faithful to your role? Let's take a look at something else here. Let's go to Matthew 14. Verse 1. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch, Heard the report about Jesus. This is John the Baptist. He told his servants, he's been raised from the dead. And that's why his miraculous powers are at work in him. See, Herod had John put to death. And why? Well, we find that out in the next few verses. For Herod had arrested John, chained him, and put him into prison on the of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife since John had been telling him, it's not lawful for you to have her. Though Herod wanted to kill John, he feared the crowd, since they regarded John as a prophet. When Herod's birthday celebration came, Herodias' daughter danced before them and pleased Herod, so he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. Prompted by her mother, she answered, give me John the Baptist's head here on a platter. And although the king regretted it, He commanded that it be granted because of his oaths and his guests. So he sent orders and had John beheaded in prison. This head was brought on a platter and given to the girl who carried it to her mother. Then his disciples came, removed the corpse, and buried it, and went and reported to Jesus. And that was the end of John the Baptist, but not his testimony, not his work. And I think that there's something for us to be learned from this, folks. Your testimony is going to outlive you. What kind of testimony are you giving? When people who know you, when they think about Do they think of you as being faithful to the Lord? Do they think of you as being consistent? Now, folks, none of us is perfect. But that's what we need to strive for. We need to strive to be that kind of witness. Let's go back to... um, Let's go back to John. One of the interesting things that when you look at the rest of this gospel of John, after you leave chapter 3, there's no more mention of John. I mean of him living there's no there's no testimony about his death there's no I mean okay so his testimony is mentioned in chapter 5 you see some more testimony in chapter 10 but you don't have any more commentary from John you don't hear any more uh, uh stuff about you know John being at this place or John being at that place and that is because from here on out in the gospel of John It's all about Jesus. Let's take a look at John chapter 3. Let's take a look at verse 28. You yourselves can testify that I said I'm not the Messiah. And that I've been sent ahead of him. Let's go now to John chapter 1. Let's go to verse 19. This was John's testimony when the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him, Who are you? He didn't deny it, but confessed, I'm not the Messiah. What then? They asked him, Are you Elijah? I'm not, he said. Are you the prophet? No, he answered. Who are you then? And they, who are you then? They asked. We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What can you tell us about yourself? And he said, I'm a voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight a way for the Lord, just as Isaiah the prophet said. Now, they had sent, they had been sent from the Pharisees. So they asked him, why then do you baptize if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet? I baptize with water, John answered him. Someone stands among you, but you don't know him. He's the one coming after me. He's sandal strap. I'm not worthy to untie. All this happened in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. John was a single message kind of guy. It's all about Jesus. You know, here's our problem. All too often, it's all about us. It's all about our wants. It's all about our desires. Our hopes. Our dreams. Folks, we need to get on the same page with each other We need to want what the Lord wants. We need to love what he loves. We need to hate what he hates. Whether the issue is ethics, or economics, or politics, or science, or history, we need to be On the same page with him. Let's go back to John. Verse 28. Again, 328. You yourselves can testify that I said, I'm not the Messiah, but I've been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the groom but the groom's friend who stands by and listens for him rejoices greatly at the groom's voice so this joy of mine is complete he must increase but I must decrease here's the thing folks in the Old Testament God was viewed as the bride Israel was viewed as the bride of God in the New Testament The church is viewed as the bride of Christ. And one of the things that John understood was this. That all these people who were being baptized by Jesus and his disciples was a good thing. Because that meant that the kingdom was here. The kingdom is now before them. And John realized that, hey, my time, It's coming to an end because, hey, the big show is finally here. The kingdom is now finally coming. Let's take a look
1: at
0: verse 31. the one who comes from above is above all the one who is from earth is earthly and speaks in earthly terms the one who comes from heaven is above all he testifies to what has, has seen and heard and yet no one accepts his testimony the one who has accepted his testimony has affirmed that God is true now you know folks over the years, I've known some smart guys. Guys who know a lot of stuff. And, you know, I sort of admired those guys. And in my case, what I, I chose to do, not something I recommend, by the way, <laughs> I got two bachelor's degrees, four master's degrees, completed one PhD, got the dissertation stage on a second PhD before I came out here. Not something I recommend. But as much as I know, as much as those guys who I respected, as much as they, all they've got is worldly wisdom. Unless they get it. Worldly wisdom can only take you so far. Folks, we need to be thinking about eternity. Turn with me now to 1 Corinthians. Boy, you know, these flies are just harassing me. (laughs) I got the wind blowing stuff out of my Bible here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. The word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Good grief. The word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But it is the power of God to us who are being saved. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. I will set aside the intelligence of the intelligent. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the debater of the age? Hasn't God made the world's wisdom foolish? For since in God's wisdom, the world did not know God through wisdom, God was pleased to save those who believe through the foolishness of what is preached. For the Jews ask for signs and the Greeks ask for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. Yet to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God because God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Folks, that's what we have to focus on, God's wisdom, God's word, God's truth, because it is eternal. Turn with me now to Isaiah, chapter 55. Let's go to verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call to him while he is near. Let the wicked one abandon his way and the sinful one his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord so that he may have compassion on him or to give to our God, for he will freely forgive. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration, for as Heaven is higher than earth. So my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. The wisdom of this age, the wisdom of men, is really nothing. I know a lot of really smart people They don't know the Lord. You look at their lives, in some cases, they're in disarray. And even those who manage to to make it through life relatively successful, well, it's not going to be that way in eternity for them if they don't repent, if they don't come to Him. Let's go back to John. Verse 33. The one who has accepted his testimony has affirmed that God is true. For the one who God sent speaks God's words, since he loves the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hands. The one who believes in the Son has eternal life. But the one who rejects the Son will not see life. Instead, the wrath of God remains on him. And there you have it, folks. If you have Jesus, you have everything. If you don't have Jesus really have nothing. There's a song that was written by Carrie Luprin and his band AD. And uh, this one song had these words. Are you climbing the walls? But the walls are too high. You fall to the ground when you reach for the sky do the plans that you have in your mind never work out right do the things that you do leave a hole in your soul and the best you can do is always short of the goal and the way things supposed to be just never is and then he encourages people to see Christ Now, you know, folks, I I know quite a few of you, quite a few of you know me. But, you know, there may be somebody here who doesn't know Jesus Christ. And if you don't know him today, now is the time of salvation. Now is the time to make things right. Now is the time to seek Him. Because, folks, tomorrow is not promised to us. All you've got is right now. So if you don't know Him, seek Him now. If you do know Him, and pursue him with all you have know your role and fulfill it to the best of your abilities. glorify him in all that you say and in all that you do amen? Amen. amen let's pray Lord we just thank you for the truth of your word Lord we, we, we thank you for your goodness and loving kindness to us your patient love for us. And Lord, I just pray that you help each of us to draw closer to you. I pray that you'd help each of us to love you with our whole hearts, to serve you with our whole hearts, to put you first in all that we say and in all that we do. Lord, guide us in St. Jesus' name we pray. Amen.